Today's scripture comes from Isaiah 40, verses 26 through 31. Look up at the sky and consider, who created these? The one who brings out their attendants one by one, summoning each of them by name? Because of God's great strength and mighty power, not one is missing. Why do you say, Jacob, and declare, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My God ignores my predicament. Don't you know? Haven't you heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. God doesn't grow tired or weary. God's understanding is beyond human reach. Giving power to the tired and reviving the exhausted. Youths will become tired and weary. Young men will certainly stumble. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will fly up on wings like eagles. They will run and not be tired. They will walk and not be weary. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thank you, Alexa. My name is D'Angelo Smith, and I am privileged to serve you as your site pastor of High Park Willowlawn and Wicca Park locations. Um, let's let's jump right in to our time together. If you have your hot beverage of choice, you know, sip on it as we um, gather around the fire to have a conversation. Before we jump into that conversation with inviting some of our uh, other friends on, um, of the pastors here, let's read the scripture, um, 29 through 31 of Isaiah 40. Giving power to the tired, and reviving the exhausted. Youths will become tired and weary. Young men will certainly stumble, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They shall fly on wings as eagles. They shall run and not get tired. They shall walk and not get weary. I believe most of us can say that we're tired, right? Exhausted, weary, and some of us are stumbling. Others can say that they are pretty hopeful and continually waiting for God to show up somehow, some way. Within our world, we are experiencing so much, seeing so much from the pandemic of COVID to racism to seeing the light and not seeing the light in all that we are dealing with. We have lost so much, so many loved ones, and, and we've lost the way that we have always done life and we have to do it differently. Some of us have lost relationships because of this pandemic and staying sheltered in and others have found a new community. And I believe that it is important that we um, here at UBC is relevant. And because we're relevant, 
I believe that we can have this candid conversation around the griefs, around the happy moments that we are experiencing at this time. I believe that we are human. And so, because we are human, we have those times that we are exhausted and we see the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful. And so I want to bring in some of our pastor friends. So I welcome Pastor Hannah, Pastor Emily, and Pastor Christian to jump into this conversation around what's going on in you all's lives. Um, because we're human too, right? So with everything that is going on in the world, how is it impacting you, Pastor Emily? Yeah, yeah, so, um, so if you, uh, you are friends with me on um, uh, social media, uh, then you may have seen my post uh, on Christmas Day that um, I was ready to fly out. I had um, preached our Christmas Eve service um, at UBC West and River Forest Methodist United you know, Methodist Church. Um, my family had flown out Christmas Eve morning um, and uh, had gotten everything together. My lift was on its way to get me to the airport and um, waited to the last minute to take that uh, rapid test to make sure I was as close as possible, um, only to find it um, come out positive. And I thought, well, this can't be right. So, because my family had tested Christmas Eve morning um, and everything was fine. And so I tested again and it was positive. And I just had this like sinking feeling in my stomach. Third time's a charm, but it wasn't a charm this time. Um, and so I was positive. And I had this moment where I, within the space of 15 minutes, it was like, you're going to go to the airport or you're not going to go to the airport. Um, and I called uh, my partner, Rich, and we talked about it. And, you know, the, I, I ended up staying home. It was the right thing to do, um, you know, and uh, there was a lot of disappointment all the way around. My family, um, visiting extended family um, in Salt Lake City, feeling just separated. Um, myself, of course, uh, being home all by myself, me and the fish, um, and just feeling a little bit like, you know, I was doing the Lord's work, right? I was I was preaching on Christmas Eve, bringing hope to the people. Um, I, I should be able to fly out on Christmas morning <laughs> to be able to be with my family. Um, but it wasn't the case. And so uh, I ended up spending uh, 10 days because my family was out for a week, um, but then they came back and they quarantined for those extra few days um, at, a, at another um, church member's house, actually, they were out of town. Um, and uh, and that was not the Christmas uh, break that I was uh, planning to um, to be experiencing. Yeah, it seems like like plans got interrupted and such a I, I think that in this season where like all our plans are kind of getting interrupting, it's kind of frustrating and um, and to the point that you were going to see family, right? Those, mm -hmm. those moments where you haven't seen these people in so long and now we get to see and that disappointment. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, yeah. And just, and the, just the expectation that was, um, especially for the kids, because they just hadn't anticipated me being gone for, for, for over a week um, and being separated in that way. Um, I hear that. Hannah? Right. 
I think that's the story of so many people in our community right now, unexpected plans and also just the roller coaster of the last two years, all of the different emotional and spiritual states we've been in. I think every line of that Isaiah, we've all probably felt at one point or another, right? Both the God, have you forgotten me? And the right strength is available. I wonder now that we have been in it for this extended period of time, um, what have you gained and learned, Christian and Emily, that has helped you get through this moment, this kind of new surge that we're all going through together, figuring it all out? What have you gained and learned in your faith, in your family, in your communities that's bringing you through? Um. Well, first, I, I I think I'm okay now. I was frozen earlier, so my apologies for that. Uh, thanks to my uh, producer, my daughter, Caroline, for helping with uh, this. Um, some of the things that, I think one of the big things that for me has been, it's I've been exercising my empathy. And I've been really aware of a lot of the privileges that I have had throughout this pandemic. So far, I have not yet gotten the virus, as far as I know. None of my family has gotten it, so we've all been healthy. Um, we are all in, in good places. And so it is um, an opportunity for me and perhaps for those who might also be in that same place, maybe also recognizing some of those privileges to uh, try our best to be um, empathetic with those who are really struggling. I was just finished the uh, book Dare to Lead by Brene Brown, and she defines empathy as uh, that it's not about fixing but it's the brave choice to be to be with someone in their darkness, not to race to turn on the light so that we feel better. I think so much in this pandemic, we have been in our bubbles and it is so tempting to just shut ourselves off from all of the chaos that's going on in our world. But especially for those of us like myself who have a fair amount of privileges, it's important for us to continue to listen and to read about some of the struggles, not only physically, but also right now with so many people at CPS and not having school and the struggles that so many, especially in under-resourced neighborhoods are struggling with that, the gap in healthcare that so many experience, uh, it is important for us to continue to, to be empathetic in those situations. And Jesus is our model for that as he often is in that he was so often in his life was interrupted by people and rather than just giving them a prayer perhaps and moving on, but he stopped and he listened and he lived into their experience so that he could provide the healing that they needed. And so for me, in the midst of this, I'm doing my best to try to exercise those empathy muscles. I think um, for me, uh, my daughter's in CPS and, and actually the school that she went to um, is one where a staff member had had died um, uh, because of, um, well, what the what staff are, are is a, a reflection of a lot of the kind of cleaning or, or lack of cleaning um, practices that had been promised um, to help keep the space safe. And um, so, you know, we are fortunate to have, um, have a stay-at-home parent and my schedule is fairly flexible. And so we're able to kind of make things work. Um, but certainly to that piece about exercising empathy, like not everyone has that option, you know, of, of flexibility and being able to sort of um, be in solidarity with one another, which for me, when I'm you know, even the choice to stay home, like I was, you know, I was tired, but I wasn't really that sick. I'm because I'm vaccine boosted and all that. But like, you know, this isn't about me, right? This, the, the, the impact and the effects and the reality of the pandemic is all of us together. And so even though I wasn't necessarily feeling all that 
great about um, staying home and even feeling like I wasn't feeling particularly virtuous by saying like, I'm going to choose to stay home and, you know, um, uh, and, and, and take care of others. I mean, I, it felt kind of crappy and like lonely and sad. And, um, but, you know, for me and, and our, and the Christian tradition, you know, faith is so much more than a feeling, right? Sometimes it's a feeling, but it's also an action and it's a choice and it's a commitment to something beyond myself to care for one another, to, to take, to sacrifice my reality in in service to you know to to those who are the least of these um which is who jesus invites us and calls us to pay attention to um and take into consideration and put at the center of our decision making and so this is just like very one small way to do that but even you know in this bigger conversation about how do we make sure that our schools are safe for all children and not just some um, and how do we how do we grapple with the tensions that that creates between you know the realities that different folks um, are experiencing and how they depend on schools to help serve as a, a support structure within kind of the the complexities of their lives, um, you know faith and and what it means to to live out our faith together means we really have to grapple with all of that even if it feels a little bit like. You know, you just want to put the covers over your head and go back to sleep because it all feels like too much. And so as pastors, we have this unique, right, um, I think, uh, privilege to enter in into people's world and know what they're going through. So, Christian, um, like, what are you hearing folks, um, like, from folks going through? And, and then how do you offer them hope? Because in, in our scripture today, we talk about this hoping in the Lord, and then we will renew our strength. So what are some of those hopes that you are um, sharing with folks? Yeah, I'm hearing, I think, what everybody else is too, just the, the vast experiences that people are, are struggling with. And an interesting thing about that passage is the different translations of it and the the word changes that happen one translation says those who hope in the lord and another translation says those who wait for the lord and waiting and hoping uh can sometimes seem like they're opposing we want hope and we want it now and there's also that sense of, of waiting too which is a really interesting way of engaging the text so for me in trying to find ways how can i share hope again recognizing my own privileges in my own health and how can I be there for others, especially recognizing that not everyone is in that place. And so for them to be able to share hope is really hard. And so balancing all of that, I think I was struck by uh, the book of Job uh, in the Older Testament. A couple of years ago, I was doing some reading about hope in the scriptures. And it was interesting to me that uh, the number one book of the Bible where the word hope shows up is the Psalms. Not surprisingly, it's the longest book in the Bible. But the second chapter or the chapter where hope showed up the second most times is in the book of Job. We may, if you know or familiar with Job, it's a long uh, treatise on suffering and the reason for suffering. And so lots of reflections uh, from Job and his colleagues uh, about that. And at the very end of the book of Job, there's an interesting response from God. One of the things that God does is to begin to talk about who God is as creator. And there's a long list of all of the different things that God has created and a reminder of the imagination and creation of God. So there's talk of sea and snow and ravens and lions and mountain goats and ostriches and horses. 
Uh, and so as a side note, if anyone is a little uncomfortable with the Noah story and your children, I would say go to Job 39. There's all kinds of wonderful images uh, in that part of the Bible. So for me, what this speaks of is God continuing to be creative and imaginative as a way of expressing hope. And so that's what, for me, out of my situation is, can I still be creative and imaginative as ways of expressing hope, especially knowing that there are some for whom the creative juices, the imaginative juices have all run out and it's so hard for them. And so can I still be in that place to offer those kinds of ways of being creative and expressing hope that God's work in the world is still going on? So for us out of the UBC West uh, site, we're doing a couple of things. Next Sunday, we're going to be making a public commitment of being at the community fridge in Maywood at the Hampton House to saying we will at least once a month make sure that that community fridge is stocked. And so we're gonna have a, a covenant in that time, hopefully it won't be too cold on that morning. And then we're also working with Dominican University to lead a seminar both in the spring and also hopefully the fall to talk about racism as a healthcare issue. And so we are working with Dominican University uh, to talk about that and to name the things in our community where that's experienced. And so I think those are just a couple of small ways of being creative in ministry and imaginative so that others can perhaps catch a glimpse of that kind of hope. Uh, showing that hope, meaning that we continue to show up uh, as best we can. Again, recognizing that not everyone is in that space. Not everyone can do that. We've heard a little bit, I think, in a couple different ways now about the ways that different um, practices, actions, commitments, scriptures have impacted your experience of the pandemic in general, of an unjust and difficult life in general, and of this surge in particular. Emily, I wonder where have the challenges in faith or the gifts of faith um, showed up for you in, in this time and in this situation? How has your faithfulness supported or been impacted by this experience? Yeah, um, I think that like this is a season probably for a lot of us, but certainly for me, where kind of like what I was saying before, where faith is shifting into something that is like concrete, pragmatic decision making that you make every day, certainly around a lot of the um, general practices of, of the pandemic, right? trying to take care of those um, who aren't able to be vaccinated by getting vaccinated myself by wearing masks and, you know, trying to be as COVID conscious as I can like that, certainly, but in terms of like, a faith journey and a faith life. I think this is one of those seasons where um, where there is just a real commitment to dig deep and um, and take on practices with a deeper intentionality, um, so that uh, so that the the kind of bigger sort of um, blanket that is weighing a lot of us down as a result of of um, all of the ways that the COVID that COVID is muting our 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 lives um, to 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 claim that imaginative hope that that Christian was talking about through practices, whether it is saying I'm going to be a part of a small group, right? And like, even though, you know, inertia is real, I'm a homebody. Um, and, and, um, and, and not wanting to sort of like put myself out there to like, make a choice to say, I'm going to show up, and I'm going to go out and do things or metaphorically go out, right, show up on zoom or whatever, um, to do things, I'm going to read things, I'm going to take on practices that that continue to um, to remind me that this little space that I'm finding myself in, in the midst of quarantining or any other kind of realities that have made my world small, um, that 
that that is not all that defines my world, right? That there is so much more um, than than my experience. My experience is true and real, but it is one of many experiences. And to kind of pull myself out of that um, really enables me to participate in God's imaginative work um, and also be in community with other people and feel like, you know, we're kind of that we're in this together. Um, so those are, those are kind of concrete to me, it's really a, a season of like concrete practices that enable me to, to, to step out of um, my own personal reality. Yeah, I think that both and peace has been a big part of my own faith journey through all of this. I think it's interesting. Um, some folks in my community or in my life who don't um, have a relationship with God or feel that presence in the same way that I do, I think think that really difficult times might um, make you doubt God, which definitely happens for some people. But for me, the presence of God has felt so clear throughout the last couple of years. It just feels like I'm getting more and more intimate with the face of God that weeps <laughs> with the face of God that cries and that joins us in our anger. Um, I think in spiritual immaturity, there was a part of me that, that, that wondered if hope made all of the terrible things made you have to deny all of the terrible things. And so I was suspicious of hope because it felt like a denial of what was true. And what I'm living into now is I think what Isaiah was living into then, which is, it is just true that the people I love who have died, um, nothing is ever going to make that okay. And the people who have been disabled by this pandemic and who are being told by a world that um, tries to claim their lives are not as valuable when we know that every disabled life is a precious and gorgeous life of God, like nothing's going to make what they're hearing okay. The ways in which our children have lost time together, the ways in which I'm a worse, just like parent, person, colleague in my irritability <laughs> than I was two years ago, nothing's going to make that okay. And yet none of those are the only things that are true. Those things are true. We are weary. We are exhausted. We have had a bad time. The world is unjust. And there's this river running through it all. There's this layer of hope on top of everything that says those things are true and this is true. You can be weary and on the wings of an eagle. <laughs> you can be angry and God is with you, sustaining you, and you will complete the race. And Isaiah says to us that all of the things can be true at the same time and are true at the same time in a God who made us all, who made every piece of us, who lives every piece with us, and who experienced the incarnation in precisely this way, that death is real and so is resurrection. And most of us are just going to be living both at the same time forever. So I'm really glad if we're going to have to live both of those things to be living both of them with you, with all of you, with a community Amen. that shares in my sadness, that shares in my hope, and that sustains me when I can't sustain myself, when I'm relying on God to do it all. And so I pray that we'll all kind of enter into that together and know that in all of the mess, also this too is true. God loves mm. you. God is real. And hope is available. And we will continue to be with one another through all of it. 
And so I thank you all for sharing and all of us for being here. And amen and amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Amen.